0: The word glorify means to basically in, in easy terms to understand, it means to make a big deal. It means to make a big deal. We should make a big deal of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glorify his name, make him look good. And all God's people say it. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to first Corinthians chapter number, chapter number 11. I want to, I want to, Deal with a subject today and, and, and explain it in such a way that it's very, very easy to understand. It is a very serious topic, and uh, but it's going to be simple. It's not really deep. It really isn't. It shouldn't be. Uh, it, it is something uh, theologically that that we can wrap our minds around. This is not something that we have to ponder for uh, weeks and weeks to really get a grip about or a grasp of is something simple and, and profound, but I'm afraid that it's ignored a lot and, uh, it's mistreated. Uh, we talk about communion and in, in the Lord's supper, whatever you want to call it. Paul called it several different things. The Lord's supper, he called it the Lord's table, called it communion. Uh, and, and however you want to look at it or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, we're just going to, we're just going to talk about why it's important. And what it's all about. What, what is it? Is it just something the church does or should do? Uh, what is the purpose of it? Uh, it is, it is a very, very serious ordinance given to the church. There's only two ordinances given to the church. That is the Lord's Supper and baptism. But both of them, both of them point us back to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Especially the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Yeah. Look in first Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number 23, verse number 23. And when you get there, just say amen right there. And let me say one more time. Let me say one more time. If you came in after handshaking. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, communion, the Lord's Supper, during the, the message today. So if you did not get a cup, this would be a good time to get it. If you didn't have one, uh, I think they should still be in a box or something on the back if the ushers are still back there. Uh, we normally do this on a Sunday night, uh, but I wanted to do it on a Sunday morning uh, because I know there's a lot of people that won't be back in, in, in the night. So I, I want you to understand how important this is. And so, so we're going to do it this way. All right. Verse number 23. Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church. They had a lot of issues. I mean, there is no question. They had a lot of issues and he is teaching them what he received personally from the Lord. He says, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread now, we know this is the time of the Last Supper that we look at in the Gospels. Uh, the night of his betrayal, the night of his arrest, he ate one last Passover meal uh, with his disciples. During that Passover meal, uh, we find that he he instituted a new covenant. He instituted a, a an ordinance for the church to remember until he comes. And, and this is what we call communion. And this is what happened that night. It says when he had given thanks, he break it. And said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in, what's that word? Remembrance. remembrance of me. After the same manner, also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, in other words, when you do this, as often as ye do this, he says, as ye drink it in remembrance, remembrance of me. Remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show. The word show means to proclaim. It means to, to preach, if you will. You're proclaiming the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body for this cause, this cause, in other words, eating unworthily, there's a bunch of people. He says, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. In other words, some have died. Because of their treatment of the Lord's table. For if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for a a full house this morning. Thank you for people who are here today to hear from you. And I pray they will not be disappointed. This is a very sober subject. Lord, this is a very important subject. This is not something to be ignored. This is not something to be avoided. Uh, This is something to partake of as we are in communion with you and, and, and fellowship with your presence as we remember the cost and the price of our salvation. I pray that your perfect will be done. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Don't let me forget anything I should. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus name we pray. And all God's people saying, Amen. Amen, you may be seated. You may be seated. As I said earlier, Paul refers to the communion, what we would call the Lord's Supper, as the Lord's table in First Corinthians 10:21 and the Lord's Supper in First Corinthians 11:20. As a reminder, as just a, a short brief reminder, uh, God instituted the Passover in the Old Testament in Exodus. Now, I, I want you to understand this, that everything in the Old Testament was pointing forward. Okay? Everything in the Old Testament, all that you see, all the stories, all the characters, all the, all the things that happened, all the ordinances, all the festivals, all the feasts, all of the things that, that we see in the Old Testament was pointing forward forward. To Jesus. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Pointing forward to Jesus. When he gave them the Passover supper and the responsibility to eat the Passover as they came out of Egypt, it, it, it showed two things. The only way to escape judgment is death. All right. The only way to escape judgment is death and and there can be a substitute for that death. The substitute had to be innocent. Where do we get that from? The lamb had to die so that the people would not be judged. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And go back and read Exodus if you're not familiar with this. But he said, kill the lamb and put the blood on the doorpost and he would send a death angel. And when that death angel come, when he saw the blood, he would pass over them. Now, the significance of that is he's pointing to Jesus. Judgment is coming to this world. Judgment is coming to every sinner. Are you all with me? Everybody. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. He that believeth not is condemned already. Yeah. Judgment is coming. And the only way to avoid judgment is death for the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There can be a substitute by an innocent, uh, uh, partaker, For that judgment. Now we know the lamb gave its life for the people in the old Testament, but in the new Testament, we find Jesus, the lamb of God was our innocent, innocent, are y'all with me? Innocent substitute. So we could go free in the, in the Passover meal, the Passover meal was reminding the people of what God did for them to bring them out of bondage. Does that make sense? The Passover meal was to be eaten every year to remind them of where they were. They were in Egypt in bondage as slaves, but God used it. Amen. God used the blood to deliver them out of bondage. And it was a constant reminder of what God had done for them and how God had brought them out of bondage and slavery. Well, the very last, the very last Passover meal. The very last one, Jesus meets with his disciples. And in that, he is showing them that things are fixing to change. Yeah. And there is an ordinance that he instituted, making a long story short, that's where we get our Lord's Supper, because in the middle of that Passover meal with Jesus and his disciples, he institutes what we do when we take of the Lord's Supper, he made it that night and said, This is a new covenant. Now Here's a few things I want you to write down just to simplify this and make this real easy. The Old Testament points to Jesus. We in the New Testament, this is a New Testament church. Are y'all with me? Amen. And in the New Testament, we're looking back. Say it with me. We're looking back to Jesus. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament saints, they God gave them things to point them to look forward to Come on, look forward to, but we in the new Testament, we're looking back to Jesus. Jesus. Have y'all figured out by now, this thing's all about Jesus. Now here's the thing. This is why he did this. This is what this is all about. This is why we have communion. This is why we do the Lord's supper. Number one, number one, it's a time of remembrance, write that word down. It's a time of remembrance. It says in verse 23, for I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do, this do. When you do this, this is why you're doing this. This do in remembrance of me. Everybody know remembrance. We know what that means. It means to remind it means to remind. Isn't that amazing? God wants to remind you a lot of what he did. Okay. I, we were, we, we, we take classes all the time. Anything that we think can help us, uh, become a better church to become better leaders to help you guys. Uh, we we'll read it books. We'll read them conferences. We'll go to them, whatever we can do. We're always constantly trying to get better and trying to do better. And one of the, one of the conferences we were in taught us this, that it says, when you make announcements or when you, if you expect your people to do something or know something or to remember something, this is what they said. You have to remind them every 21 days, yeah, what about that? every 21 days. Now this is some of, some of this comes from a secular background and secular research. Uh, this is just people in general. This is not Christians. This is just people. Are y'all with me? This is just people who say, oh, we're not that forgetful. How many times, how many times and how many weeks have we been doing these outlines and putting them on the wall? And on Wednesday night, I said, okay, anybody need an outline? Hands go up every time. Right? We're forgetful people. The nation of Israel, the nation of Israel saw the hand of God in Egypt. I mean, plague after plague, after plague, after plague, just incredible, incredible, phenomenal supernatural miracles that God did in Egypt, brought them out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, supernatural miracle, fed them water out of a rock and quail from manna, all these things that God did for them over and over and over and over again. And guess what? They forgot God. One generation. One generation after Joshua died, the Bible says they knew not the Lord. They forgot God. You know why we need to do the Lord's Supper? To remember. To remember because we're forgetful. We're forgetful. So how do you know? What what are symptoms of forgetting? Getting an attitude. Getting weary with well-doing. We preached about this last Wednesday night. If you didn't get it, you need to get it. Because the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, right? Why do we look unto him? Look what he went through. Look what he experienced. There was such a contradiction of sinners against himself. He said, listen, he went through it striving even unto blood. He went through the the, the crucifixion and the beating and all that he went through. And then it says this, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. You know what happens when we get frustrated and want to quit? We forgot what he did. That's what that chapter is saying. Yeah. And he says, you need to remember, don't ever forget what I did for you. We need to remember Now, two things I want you to write underneath this real quickly. What do we need to remember? A, the reality of his death. He said, this is my body. This is my body, which is broken for you. Isaiah 53, 10 says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him, to use him as the substitute. Not only the reality of it. In other words, think about this, guys. A real human died for you. So he was God. That's true. He was all God, but he was all man. Everything you would have felt if you were going through those beatings and you was going through those scourgings and you was having those crown of thorns beat upon your head and the the whip upon your back and the nails through your hands and feet. He felt what you would have felt. And so we need to understand somebody died. An innocent somebody died. The reality of his death be the reason for his death. The reason for his death. Galatians 1, 4. He said, this is my body, which is broken. But he said, it is broken for you. Say it with me. It is broken for you. Now look at Galatians right there in your notes. Galatians 1, 4. What's the first sentence say? Come on. Say it again. For whose sins? ours. Ours. Not his own because he didn't have any. Now, let me say it this way, just so we can hurry. He didn't just die for you. He died instead of you. Instead means in your place. Y'all with me? In your place. In other words, it was all of us in here who deserved to be on that cross. It was all of us in here who should have been on that cross. It was all of us in here who were rightfully deserving of punishment because of sin. The wages of sin, the wages of sin is death. The payment for sin is death. We are all sinners. There is none righteous. No, not one for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That was my cross. That was your cross, but he took it. And he said, remember, don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget that I took your place. Don't forget that it was you that deserved to be here. But I took your place. Sometimes we forget. How do you know? I know I forget sometimes because I get frustrated with him. And I, I, and I get an attitude because things are not going my way. And I, I'm, I'm wondering, what's his problem? I know y'all don't think this way. And you know what? I just need to take a stroll to Calvary. Amen. Amen. And quit whining. He said, when you take of this cup, I want you to remember. I want it to remind you of what it costs for you to go to heaven. And all God's people see it. Amen. Number two. This is not only a time of remembrance. But according to Paul, look what it says in verse number. Verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of Jesus. But let a man. Exactly. Come on, everybody, but let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. This is a time of examination. It is not only a time of remembrance, but it is a time of examination. You see that the Corinthian church was very carnal. It had issues. There was sexual sin in the church. There was sin of envy and jealousy in the church. There was backbiting going on in the church in Corinth. They had issues, major issues. And I want to, I want to clarify something. I want to clarify something because a lot of times, uh, this verse is used in a wrong way and it, and it puts an, um, uh, just, a, a, a let me just put it this way. I, I have, I have seen this. I have seen this portrayed in a way that they use this verse to say, if you're just not perfect, don't even take, don't even take of the Lord's supper. Unworthily. Well, if it's used in that way, we got to understand ain't nobody in here worthy. Nobody's worthy. The word means irreverent, disrespectful. Are y'all with me? Disrespectful, irreverent. In other words, you need to take this seriously. You see, they were living in lifestyles that was contrary to the word of God in Corinthians. And, and they were, they were, uh, they were doing things and behaving in such a way that when they took of the Lord's supper, they were, they were disrespecting the blood of Christ. He's saying you're guilty of the blood of Christ. I, it, it, there was a, there was a connecting verse to that in my, in my Bible. So I went to Hebrews and it said, how much, how much more worthy are those thought worthy who have sought, trodden underfoot the blood of the covenant. In other words, disrespected the sacrifice. If, he, if if, I can, if I can put this, if I can put this in terms where we can understand it, that it will make sense for us is kneeling in the Anthem. That's, that's disrespecting what, what was, what their freedom to do that and what it cost. Now, this is what it means. This is what it means. When you've got issues in your life and you've got things in your life and let me just, let me just put it this way. Let me just put it this way. There's two things that we need to, we really need to examine. One, am I saved? Am I saved? The Bible says a man should examine whether he be in the faith. Let me, let me give you the, the address so you know I'm not lying. Second Corinthians 13, 2 Corinthians 13, five, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. The first thing you need to examine, this is not the points, but I'm just putting this out there. You can write it to the side. The first thing you need to examine before you take of the Lord's supper is, are you saved? If you are not saved, you need to put the cup down. This is not for you. This is not for you. Listen, this is only for believers. This is only for those who are born again. So the first thing you need to examine, am I saved? Do I know Christ? Have I given him my life? Have I submitted my life to him? Have I turned from my sins and turned to him for forgiveness and eternal life? That's the first thing. That's the first thing. Am I saved? All right, salvation's the first examination. Second thing is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. See, we got a problem in the church today. And when I say church, I'm talking about universal in, 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 in America, especially in America. We've got a problem where we only like to talk about or identify or or uh uh condemn obvious sins. Man, we're all about condemning the homosexual movement and we should listen. We're all about condemning the abortion crowd and, 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 and killing babies. And we should, but how about envy? You, you see, you can't see that. How about gluttony? How about gossip? How about Lust? How about fornication? If you don't know what that word means, I know it's a big word. It means having sex outside of marriage. Yeah. On, How about adultery? Yeah. That's having sex with somebody that's not your spouse. Yeah. Come on, now we've, we've, we've lost, we've lost all credibility. We've lost all credibility with certain crowds out there because we, we will handpick sins and be against them while we overlook others. Yeah. We're living in a day where you can shack up with somebody and come to church every week like this, no big deal. Now, number one, if you can do that, you're not saved. You're not saved. Listen, ho, 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 ho. Y'all need to hush. Y'all need to. Hu- this is happening here. We, we don't need to. Listen, this is serious. Sing the choir and sleeping with somebody, it ain't your spouse. Amen. It's happening everywhere. Everywhere. There's no conviction. There's no there's no brokenness. There there, there there where has that gone? I'll tell you where it's gone. We've forgotten. Examination is a time that God has given us so that we can take that. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with a good bath. Matter of fact, I was walking through Walmart and I passed the guy like three times and I, I wanted to help that brother. But you know what? That makes me think. That makes me think. I wonder if that's what God smells when he breezes through some of our churches. Now, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be honest. There's no power in the church today. And there's no power because there's sin in the church that we need to get out. Come on. Look what it says. A. A. Now, now I want to say this. So nobody say amen to this. It's easy to say amen to somebody else's sins that's being called out. You're right. ain't nobody innocent in here. We all got issues. Some are just more easily seen than others, but they're there. Look, there's a time of examination. It's needed a it's needed for cleansing. The psalmist said it well. Search me. Search me. Say those two words with me. Search, search me. search me. You know, I think if we just said that to God, I think we all would would, would stop our amens and say, oh, me. That's right. Search me. Not my neighbor. Not the one that i seen mess up. Not the one that I've seen make a stupid decision. Yeah. Yeah. Not the one that everybody knows is messing around. Come on. But search me. Come on and it says, it doesn't say search me preacher. No. Yeah. It doesn't say search me elders. It doesn't say search me deacons. It doesn't say search me mom. It doesn't say search me dad. Search me, O God. You know why the psalmist said that? Because he can see where the preacher can't. Right. And he can see where your mama can't. And he can see where your daddy can't. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Know my heart. Anybody can look good on the outside. God cares about your heart. Because yeah. out of your heart flow the issues of life. He said, Know my heart, try me, test me, know my thoughts. Now, all of us saying amen in here and shouting and carrying on. and I, I wonder if God put all our thoughts from this week on these screens. I wonder how much shouting we'd be doing. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, right. He said, don't just know my ways, not my, my deeds, my behaviors, but know my thoughts. Yeah. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah. Why do we need to stop and have opportunities Times during the year, times so we can say, God, is there anything in me? Uh-huh. You know, I think the psalmist said that because I think sometimes there's stuff that we don't even know is there. That's right. That's right. I can't tell you how many times I've had counseling appointments with people who who through the counseling, God brought up something to the surface. They had totally forgotten about from years past, but it was still affecting their life. And you see, today is a time that you could examine. Do I still have bitterness against someone? Has there been a a time of unforgiveness in my life where I'm still? Am I doing something now that I shouldn't be doing? Is there unconfessed sin? Is Is there a behavior pattern? Is there a habit that I need to stop? And the Holy Spirit's been telling me to stop. This is a good time to confess it. And say, God I'm sorry. Examine. Say, why is that so important? Because the time of examination is needed for cleansing, and B, it's necessary for fellowship. That's right. That's right. This is so important. This is so important. Guys, it's not it's not it's not so you don't lose your salvation. You you don't you don't need to confess your sin. You don't need to be in a a clearing, a cleansing of of your life so that you can not lose your salvation so you can get saved again. It it, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with fellowship because the Bible says in first John, it says it, it says he is light. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we say that we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth, but we I've got good news, guys. I've got good news. I know he's light. I know he's light. And if we say we fellowship with him and walk in darkness, and by the way, if he's light, we can't even walk in the shade. Right. Right. It ain't that most Christians are walking in darkness. They just don't mind a little stroll in the shade, yeah. Amen. but God is not in the shade either. He's in the light. And you say, well, preacher, what do we do? It says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so we can be brought back into full fellowship with him. God is not saying examine yourself to make sure you're going to heaven. Examine yourself to make sure you don't lose your salvation. He's saying examine yourself and get this stuff out because I want to walk with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to be close to you and I want you to be close to me. I want you to be in my presence because in my presence is fullness of joy. That's right. We've got so many Christians living in bitterness, and because they're living in bitterness, they're living in misery. They're not experiencing the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And because they have no joy, they have no strength. And because they have no strength, they have no victory. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. God doesn't want you to live a uh, victim. God wants you to be more than conquerors. And conquering comes from strength. And strength comes from joy. And joy comes from the presence of God. But if you're walking in the shade, you're going to have none of it. And I don't know about you, but we're living in a society. And we're living in a world where the church needs to be powerful. The church needs to have a powerful move. The church needs to have a powerful testimony. We need more talent up here. We need the hand of God, but we'll not have the hand of God up here. If we've got people messing around, it shouldn't be messing around. And I'm not talking about shacking up only, and I'm not talking about fornication only. I'm talking about bitterness and gossip and running your mouth. You need to learn to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. I love the talent that's up here, but without God's hand, it's nothing. Nothing. Search me. Search me. Well, I tell you what, as long as nobody finds out, I'm good. Well, see, there's only one problem with that. Because it ain't me you got to worry about. Paul said many are sick and are dying. It ain't me you got to worry about. You can hide it from me. I got to take you for your word. Uh But he don't. He knows. Yeah. So let's, let's examine. What if I don't like what I find? Uh-huh. I get it. Most of the time I don't like it. Yeah. Somebody texted me this week and said, boy, preacher, you sure gave it to him today. And you know what I text back? I said, You know, I learned something that I whine too much and that I forget many times that all I have is because of Him. That's right. That's right. I know y'all think I'm, I'm upset and I'm just giving it to y'all, but see, I got to study it first and I got to preach it to y'all and then I got to preach it again. And then God reminds me in live group. And so I get it four times. You only get it once. <laughs> Come on, brother. Right. We need to examine. Do we have things in our life we need to fix? Well, this is your chance. Don't disrespect the blood and body of the Lord. He died so you could be free from that junk. Don't Don't take the Lord's Supper irreverently. Don't disrespect him. It's a time of remembrance. It's a time of examination. But number three... It's a time of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It says in verse 24. And when he had given. Thanks. Verse 24. And when he had given. Thanks. 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 The word is you Where we get our word Eucharist. That's what that's what they call this. The Eucharist. But it means to give thanks. It means to be grateful. And so in the Passover, in the Passover, the old Jewish custom in the Passover, in the Old Testament, as they would take, take part of the Passover, one part of it was to sing the Halil. The Halil was a Jewish prayer. Basically, it was verbatim recitation from Psalms 113 to 118. In other words, while they were taking the Passover, that they would read over and over through through each verb, or excuse me, each word, Psalms 113 to 118, which is used for praise and thanksgiving. In other words, they were thanking God that they were no longer slaves. They were thanking God for his provision through the wilderness. They were thanking God for the manna from heaven. They were thanking God for the water out of the rock. And what Jesus is doing right here, he is thanking God for the body and the blood that was shed and was broken and given for you and me. So so as he's as he's thanking and we are offering this praise and we were remembering the body and the blood of Christ. I think if you write these things down, two things I think we need to remember or, or praise and thank him for. First is mercy. Mercy. Say it with me. Say it again. Say it again. Mercy. Mercy. What is mercy in the simplest terms I can give you? It's not getting what we deserve. It's not getting what we deserve. I don't know if you understand this concept, but we're all sinners and the wages of sin is death. And that death is a separation, an eternal separation from God in a place called hell and eventually in the lake of fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we got mercy when we got saved. We're not getting what we deserve. We're not getting what we have coming to us. We deserve judgment. We deserve condemnation. We have broken the holy law of a holy God and we deserve damnation. But thank God Almighty, Jesus came and he died on a cross at Calvary. And he said, you are forgiven. Amen. And instead of getting what I deserve, I got mercy. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Not only mercy. Mercy. But deliverance, deliverance. I have been delivered, not just from bondage. And this is what we got to understand. I'm not just saved from something, I am saved to something. I am saved from damnation. I am saved from condemnation. I am saved from a place called hell, but I have been delivered to a place. Listen, God just didn't want his people out of bondage and out of Egypt and out of slavery. He wanted them in the promised land. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm not just missing hell. That's mercy. I'm not getting what I deserve. Listen, I deserve to be in hell with my back broke today. But thank God Almighty, I'm not going to hell. But not only am I not going to hell, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to a place where there's no sorrow. I'm going to a place where there's no pain. I'm going to a place where there's no cancer, no sickness, no disease, no death, where he will be our life. I need a witness. When's the last time you remembered that? When's the last time you let that soak into your brain? All that God has done for you. I'm telling you, if we'll do more of this, if we'll do more remembering, we'll quit our whining. We'll quit our complaining and we'll quit all this mully grubbing. Oh, somebody say amen. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't deserve anything. I am, I, I feel like Paul today. I'm the least of the saints. I'm the chief among sinners. But God is faithful. He looked beyond our faults and he saw our needs. Do you remember? Do you Remember?